Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is titled Sci-Fi vs. Fantasy. It originally aired November 4th, 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silverline's Wednesday Night Wham! Hosted by... Scott Wakefield! Wow! Thank you! That... Hello and welcome. We are Silverline. This is our Wednesday show. We are talking about sci-fi versus fantasy. And yes, we leave our topics broad because we want to talk about if that means which one's better. If we want to talk about the best sci-fi stories, the best fantasy stories. If we want to talk about what is sci-fi and what is fantasy, it, the door is open. Well, good evening, everyone. I am Rory Boyle, co-creator of the upcoming Steam Patriots, along with our illustrious hosts, Mr. Scott Wakefield. Yes, hello, everybody. I'm Brent Larson. I'm the uh, creator and writer on the Silverline book, Kalos. I'm Steve Michael Lanning, coming to you from that that's not my hurricane state of Louisiana, where I've been unanimously, <laughs> unanimously elected as Matt Scribbler for the Rejects comic. So I'm Haley Martin. I... Um live sort of in the Daytona Beach area of Florida, um, and I am the artist for an upcoming Silver Line title, Bear. I'm Tim <laughs> TK. I'm the associate editor and uh, producer of our Winston Night Show. I uh, also run the craft series on the Silver Line blog, and uh, I am the writer and creator of upcoming book Wolf Hunter, uh, which I have got notes back on the rest of the run, so we are finishing up all that scripting exciting yeah uh and yes i am over in the uh dark and stormy uh foothills soon to be snowy hopefully of oregon i am scott wakefield and i am co-creator and co-writer of the upcoming title steam patriots with my good buddy royal o'boyle and i am in western new york smack dab between buffalo and rochester I've got all these people here tonight that I'm going to wrangle, and we're going to talk about sci-fi versus fantasy. And this is where cue the explosive, because it's going to be a it's going to be a battle royale, right, guys? Right? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna right? I mean, look at look I'm at pl- I plan on killing someone. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> They're just rearing to go. Okay. Um, I'm going to go down the line. You were going to say your response is you have one of two 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 responses sci-fi or fantasy. Rory. Fantasy. Brent. Sci fi Sci Fantasy. Your yeah. rules don't interest me, man. <laughs> All right, I, that's that's. I can see how it's gonna go. Okay, see Michael Lanning, sci-fi or fantasy? Oh, uh, golly, 
Taking too long. Taking too long. Let's see his idea. Okay, are we talking? But we say, uh, I know. Oh, no, it, it begins. It I, begins. <laughs> but when we talk about fantasy, are we talking about elves and, you know, uh, high, 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 high or low fantasy, fantasy, and then is sci-fi ha- hard or loose sci-fi? Hard fantasy, and, you know, like, sci-fi noir. I'm like, gonna go with fantasy. Yes, because I feel like you can include sci-fi in there later. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're just afraid, like you're gonna get up in the morning and go out to work, and fantasy is gonna be there, and it's gonna be like. Your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just get shanked by Legolas on your way to your mailbox. <laughs> Said fantasy. Okay, Haley. Yeah, I my gut says sci-fi. I don't know. Okay, Ooh. let's see. That's Gentlemen. a contentious decision. You see but that? She just. Hard. I hope you're prepared to uh, my to back the, that. The gut says. Yeah. I mean, All I right. can't totally explain it, but I have to pick one, so... Okay, thank you for following the rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're right. Can I change my answer? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, fantasy. <laughs> fantasy is the name of my uh, ska punk band. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Tim. Sounds like a bunch of ska bards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so my, next, my next D&D character is an elf that just plays a saxophone. Um, but only in 2-4 swing beat. Um, uh, I, so like Brent, I would say my favorite genre is sci-fantasy. But I also like Arthur C. Clarke, so I'll say sci-fi. Okay. Okay. And I'm not going to answer because that's what I, that's, that's the privilege that's, I get. Uh, that's the host uh, privilege. No, no. I, don't, I don't want to skew the results to a. Is that what like election? And the w- polling says that. No, uh, no. <laughs> we don't need any of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're done. We're, Tonight we're going to go to Pennsylvania. If we can, no! go to, uh, where fantasy is pulling ahead early, we're going to call, going to call yeah. it for sci-fi. Uh, the, in the news, both fantasy and sci-fi declared victory. Then a giant robot game right up the city. Coming up, we'll be hearing from sci-fi. We predict it will be a. <sighs> okay, all right. Have you seen, have you seen those robots? Those robots are huge. They're huge. <laughs> so. I I think it's clear we have a hard time picking, and I I I I I know I put you on the spot, and that was cruel because I will say the same thing. Sci fantasy fantasy. I love them both. I I I can't decide either because both genres uh, are super cool, and um, I do know people that that like. They love Star Wars and Star Trek and all that stuff, and they said, "Ah, Lord of the Rings." I never, bleh, never. Bleh, but those never, people are boring. Yeah, <laughs> I love them all. Yeah. I love them. I love them so much that I want to marry them. The so, uh, um, first, let's, first question. Uh, well, okay, second question. I already already asked that. Um, does anybody have any titles in the comic book world that come to mind? that are great examples of sci-fi or fantasy. 
I would say uh, for uh, sci-fi, Tokyo Ghost by Rick Remender, which I've talked about three weeks in a row now. <laughs> okay, I'm going to help you out here because I was going to suggest a Rick Remender book, but not that one. Okay. I was actually going to suggest uh, uh, oh golly, now I forgot. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Black Science. Oh, yeah, yeah. Black Science. So what we're saying is, Roland, we need to find the budget to hire Rick Remender. <laughs> well, yeah, because now let's also talk about fantasy. And there's a Rick Remender book for that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, see, you don't have to pick one, Yeah, Scott. You can, uh, okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Um, so, okay. Here, I don't want to throw off our, our track here. Our superhero comic books sci-fi or fantasy i'd say it depends on the hero yeah because it depends how they come about their origin story because you got you got the x-men which is a genetic mutation so lends itself more to science fiction because there is a scientific explanation for all the powers and, and stuff and then you have moon knight who has a crazy egyptian god trapped in his brain <laughs> that tells him to kill the avengers <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> Here I was, I was just going to go DC fantasy Marvel science. Like, think about Thor. Like, Thor is, like, from mythology, but he's also Mm -hmm. an alien. Yep. So it's like, what? Well, also in... One character, which one is he? Yeah. Also in Marvel, they did play it a little fast and loose. Thor said, well, to people as uncivilized as Earth is, our our technology just looks like magic. That's true, yeah. So I guess that kind of explains you know, Stan Lee said the reason why he has the hammer, because he wanted that velocity. He wanted a reason for Thor to fly, not just the yeah. Superman get up and just go. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I think this still falls under sci-fi, even though it has that mytho- mythological you know, right. sway. But I, with, with how things tend to go, though, I say it, it, just, it definitely crosses the line into sci-fantasy, where like, we have this cool advanced alien tech. Also, I'm, I'm just, you know, flying through space, shooting lightning for... I can <laughs> okay so then star wars you heard of it (laughs) explain to me this war in the stars (laughs) that's one with hagrid i'm talking i'm talking ronald reagan star wars here people (laughs) i can i can hold a conversation on that one the soviets those commies which no no, <laughs> and you know it's funny. There's a Rick Remender book. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm talking Luke and Leia, and and then all the others. Uh, sci-fi. It has spaceships. It has laser guns. And also, also space wizards, and the entire <laughs> myth, the entire mythology of Star Wars is you actually about the Wells. <laughs> Yeah, which, yeah. which were an ancient race of space gods who literally tractored planets and stars out of other parts of the universe, created a pocket galaxy, and then willed it, uh, walled it in with their own force of will. So that created the uncharted space and the wall. And then you have what is known as the galaxy. The Star Wars takes place in the galaxy. So uh, they they lost their creativity at some point there. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and then they just became space farts that inhabit people granted them weird abilities but they are defined as gods not just advanced beings they have uh, some level of divinity that allows them to exist and outside of the realm of understanding 
I have never heard that before. Really? Oh, I can go on a I can go on a tirade. <laughs> if you look at uh, can you Rogue One, they talk about they kind of they kind of touch on it in Rogue One. Yeah, uh, Cherut okay. is a monk of the wills. They have uh, the wills, yeah. one of the last temples that was destroyed by the Sith Order because the um, uh, entity known only as uh, I believe they just call it the Dark Will, or which creates the evil that creates the Sith Lords. Found on Korriban, which was then harvested by the Sith, and then when um, oh, I forgot his name, but the first group of uh, rogue Jedi go there and enslave the Sith, they become the Sith Lords. They find the the Dark Will, and that corrupts them. I <laughs> this is not where I was going with today, no, no, keep going. but uh, no, no. but yeah, uh, all right. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I think this so, is this is making it clearer yeah. fantasy. So so what they <laughs> yeah, did is they went through so with the dark will they went through and destroyed all the temples of the wills because to them they were false gods, but the wills lived on through the force and created the Jedi order. <laughs> and so that created the division of religions within Star Wars. And, and the thing about it is this is actually Lucas. This isn't just oh, really? I don't know about the whole mythology. But this the is, whole yeah, this is the, came from well, this is primarily. Um, Old canon, but for some of the stuff has changed since then. I remembered his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first Sith Lord was Junta Paul, uh, and in the old canon, he's referenced frequently. Not so much in the new canon, but uh, that is that is the whole division of religions where the Sith Lords come from, and the fact that it is actually a weird monolithic take on the Crusades. Huh. <laughs> Wait a minute. The first Sith Lord's name was what? Junta Paul. So the Junta. first Sith Lord in the Star Wars universe was French. Yes. <laughs> okay, now that, that does make sense. If you I mean, think about, about it. Yeah. They're good at war, <laughs> Star Wars. <you> know? <laughs> no, they're not. Yes, they are. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> Wait, wasn't that, wait, uh, to Paul, that was, she was on at the Enterprise. Shit, to Paul found, yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. I like Yoda. <laughs> Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. <laughs> uh, I I can't I, I can't keep it. So okay. No, um, yeah. Yeah. So you would say fantasy. Star Wars is fantasy with laser beams and spaceships. Yes. Or as I call it, sci fantasy. Sci fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, so the, the whole, th- the whole, th- so there is also a weird meta explanation of Star Wars and why it takes place in the setting it does. It's supposed to be in a place where technology is advanced to the point of stagnation, which is why from hmm. uh, Old Republic to New Republic, you barely see a, a lot of changes. Uh, whereas we've gone through a lot of changes from the 80s until now. Yeah. From a th- for a thousand years, they may have made like two modifications to how blasters work because they just can't find a way other ways to work around it. So that's the point where mysticism takes over. Okay. So it, yeah, I, it, yeah. I, I always like sci-fi stuff with with toggle switches and throttles on their spaceships. Like yeah, what? Why would you? Why would you need those things? And why would you like? Star Trek. Why? What does the Enterprise need? The thruster wagon's burning out. <laughs> why? Do you, why does it need a helm? Why does it? But then the greatest of all controls was Star Trek when they stopped numbering them. 
insurrection mm. when Commander Riker flies mm. the Enterprise with a joystick through the nebula. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking it manual. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. Sci-fi okay. Fantasy. <laughs> Our Trek sci-fi. Except for Q. Except for Q. But also they do explain them as simply being extra-dimensional beings, not necessarily yeah. divine beings. Right. Right. Yeah. I just like to call them a force ghost, but you know. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it came down to for me was I remember when I was a kid, I I saw this book of uh, the Star Trek book that had all of the uh, ships in the Starfleet class and they had all the schematics and they had exactly where, you know, the warp nacelles were and where the, uh, you know, where the phaser banks were and all this and that. And I'm like, this is really cool. And then I saw a book for Star Wars with the um, the schematics of the ships. And I was like, who gives a crap mm-hmm. how they work? <laughs> I don't care how ships work in Star Wars. So I think that's when I knew that Star Wars is probably fantasy and not science. Yeah, I, uh, I have uh, one of the um, compendiums of old canon for Star Wars. And a lot of it is focused on the developments of new kinds of force magic or um, uh, fighting styles. They carry very little about the science. And you only see like a few things, which is the development of kyber crystals for blasters, which defines going from the Imperial Age to the New Republic Age, or just different things like that. Everything, all the major developments are all about magic, essentially. It'd be interesting if they went back and started doing stuff in that time zone. Yeah. that time that age yeah. i think it would really lift it uh so. well I, 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 to promote some of my friends who aren't necessarily at silver line they are doing a high republic series of books now uh they have announced a whole new set of canons coming out that's set in the high republic so after the before the old republic before the uh this is leading into the great hyperspace war uh all the stuff of well when the jedi temple essentially was at its peak before the first war of the sith and then uh, the subsequent civil wars. So, like when the force was kind of full, full on. Not... Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, okay. I, I... yeah, that that see that would be interesting to see. You yeah, know, I, I have I have some friends and colleagues who are working on stuff like that, so people should check it out. So. <laughs> okay, well that's settled. <laughs> <laughs> no arguing. Fantasy wins out. <laughs> Star Wars is, is fantasy. Star Trek is sci-fi. Mm. We're, Battlestar Galactica. But, sci-fi. Sci-fi. Yes. So <laughs> most most of them, I mean, less of, most of the sci-fis don't involve space magic. So they're mostly clear cut. And that is kind of genius about Star Wars that we do have to have this discussion. And I think it's, it makes it much more uh in in depth and in uh, interesting because it's it's not it's not so linear and two dimensional so that's 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 pretty cool um uh i don't want to kill the star wars star trek discussion um, it'll come back up yeah, yeah sure. it, it has to. I have it tattooed on my body. <laughs> <laughs> the whole canon, he means. The whole canon, yes. <laughs> Let's have the, wipe the back bees. <laughs> I, I have my, my get the timeline tattooed at some point. That'd be dope. Just the different logos. <laughs> um, so 
do the uh, does one genre lend itself to a medium better than the other? For instance, and this is my experience, I did not read a lot of sci-fi books. In fact, I was rarely interested. Um, I wasn't interested in the Star Wars books, the Star Trek books, um, but fantasy books. I just devoured. I mean, all of the Dragonlance, TSR, the whole uh, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, um, everything, fantasy books, I've read a zillion times more. Um, what is, is that the case for the, you guys? The, 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 I think there's the medium, there's a sci fi genre fit more visually because it's got explosions and blasters and spaceships. And to read about that maybe isn't as interesting. I think there's less to pull from because fantasy, we have the entire history of humankind to pull from and all the strange offshoots that could have been versus sci-fi. seems like when did it really start? Early 19-teens, mm -hmm. like H.P. Lovecraft through now. The technology jumped so much, but we don't know what, what the end could be, the end product of something 100 years down the road, what that's going to look like. Right. Like fantasy just lends more because yeah the biggest thing with like well uh was it mary shelley it's like mm -hmm. what happened if they could like bring back a body yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, well, that uh it's I, still very human based yeah right yeah. I, I i think it depends on how hard you loose you play with it like if you had science fiction like arthur c clark which is very much the procedural of taking a ship into space, uh, orbiting an alien craft, and doing like an actual archaeological dig on an alien. Uh, I, I'm referencing a book here, if you want. But uh, <laughs> uh, sounds like alien. Yeah, uh, there <laughs> and, and doing like an archaeological dig and just not really discovering anything too nutty. But the what would archaeology look like in space on an alien craft? Whereas if you want something with like. Terry Pratchett sci-fi where he can just kind of be like, it's science, it works, it just does. <laughs> Don't question <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He built it in a cave. We didn't say yeah. <laughs> he built it in a cave. I, I, Don't I, I really think sci-fi kind of comes from a birth of that wonderment, but also when you look at uh, Jules Verne, it's an mm -hmm. analytical mind of how things mm. work. Yeah. That's how come, like, I think we talked about it a couple weeks, the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in the Nautilus. He, mm -hmm. he goes into depth, on what, on, into depth of what does the Nautilus and how big it is and everything. Go ahead. Yep. That was a good good pun, going into depth. Oh, yeah. going, going into depth at depth. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm always on. Uh, yeah, jokes without even trying. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's just an analytical vibe because then if you – his contemporary being H.G. Uh, Wells – H.G. Wells kind of saw more of the danger, yeah, of what science could bring, mm -hmm. I guess, and that and that it wasn't so much analytical as it was. I would hate to say fear driven, but really wonder driven, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say wonder. That's a good one. A fantasy, so not so much. I think fantasy is kind of a what we would want to be to happen. You know, right? That whole I wish I could teleport so I don't have to walk to the fridge. Right. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, to quote one of our professors at, at Full Sail, they they both fall under the uh, the concept of the fantastica or the fantastical, 
and uh with uh science fiction it usually always serves some sort of speculation under like where where we are now how can we extrapolate this whereas fantasy serves the role of the uh uh moral insertion which is the natural versus technology which is uh if you if humanity or morals were to be at the very best what would they look at when they were to carve out this part of thing if, if industrialization or modernization didn't get in the way Please, Mr. Young, go deeper. <laughs> I think fantasy is just better because there's better music. There you go. I've yet to see a bunch of space bards, you know, <laughs> space hijinks, which is my next idea. I'm hey, look. Down. You know, <clears throat> well, if you ever have that, if you get the hankering to know what would happen if you had a fantasy world and science was introduced into it, you could always watch <laughs> outward, outward, onward. Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> a yeah. young Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court. Right. <laughs> On, onward is a fantastic movie i just i somehow i missed that when it was in the the theater my mm. kids had me watch it a couple weeks ago and that's it's because it, it was only there like for like right. a week i, mean, <laughs> I saw it and that moment. was the last thing i did before quarantine so yeah I think that's exactly a weird time <laughs> quarantine happened like oh. a week or two right after it came out yeah okay. except i saw it for my birthday and then it was like two days after that yeah. like stuff yeah. shutting down Oh, I, I, I loved it. I, and, uh, yeah. with my, my, my van, my kids kept saying, I'm the, uh, his brother there. I, <laughs> the pain, the unicorn on it. Yeah. <laughs> or do you already have one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's just um, playing the banjo. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so, so what, uh, does, does fantasy have to have magic? A little uh, bit. Oh. Uh, so, or at least some sort of uh fine magic yeah <laughs> something unexplainable so so what if it's a yeah. story that just takes place in a medieval castle then it's just historical fiction if it's just right sure yeah nothing... uh, i guess that also depends on if it's a se- on a secondary world in some way like if we're two okay. yeah okay yeah um but that yeah you really it has to have something fantastical, right? right? Like either uh, either you're adding magic to it or <laughs> making it a secondary world, yeah. Right, right, or or some sort of element that doesn't exist in ours, like mm-hmm. unicorns or or yeah, dragons, know, dragons, the yeah. un unobtainium. Un- right. Oh yeah. god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, why? <laughs> uh, Rory. Uh, so speaking of music. Um, I am a firm believer in that this this might these might be fighting words that Star Wars would not be where it is if it weren't for John Williams. Sure, oh, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Good. Because I, I think, I think went I, from I, I, a best friend to antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I think every Star Wars fan, like even if it's even if they're like me, where they move beyond the the visual medium, like yeah, it's cool and all, but the books are where I experience most of my Star Wars. The the John Williams score and they were like the original trilogy is really what yeah. kind of you know solidified it as the space opera the space opera yeah the yes just goes to show how much music can carry a movie yeah. oh yeah well, absolutely mm-hmm. I I read a couple of years ago I read a um an article about the the death of good theme music mm-hmm. um because well one of the reasons they said is that um they would use like the the directors and producer or whatever would use placeholder music 
to until the score was written and then the composer would just kind of modify that placeholder music oh. so i'm sure you can all sing indiana jones star yeah. wars yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah. but can you can you sing the avengers theme music yeah, I mean, yeah i i can think of it i i, I hear it yeah okay it's it's not as iconic i, I get right yeah, yeah, yeah. Really that. That. um x-men the x-men uh so, yeah 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 What's... yeah yeah well yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cartoon yeah. yeah no no uh you have the cartoon but you also have uh some of, some of the score and i can't remember if it was the first one or the second one I, I, you'll hear it like when they do the the yeah they, they modify opening they, they brought yeah. it into like the strains and stuff yeah 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 i mean you, you it's there but i don't think it i think sometimes you have to have that combination because when you had john williams score you also had bah, and you had star yeah. wars brought yeah. to thx you know, so yeah <laughs> well yeah the hey, audience Scott, is listening. Are you talking about that uh the Ever Frame of Painting guy? He was he did a few he, mm, he's done a series on YouTube yeah. and he talks yeah, like about key music and placeholder music and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Possibly. It was just a couple years ago that I read this. Oh, you read it. I saw I it. Yeah, I think I saw the same video, Brent, that you yeah. Where yep. he like showed here was the placeholder music and then here's the music they actually used. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he makes some good points, but I mean look at it this is how i look at it um we keep talking about how great john what you know how great the the themes of yesteryear were but um who are we talking about uh if you take john williams out of the equation Uh, um okay danny elfman even danny elfman yeah okay who's still working yeah no i think about like the uh, father theme is very iconic but I mean, there for every Godfather, there was like how many movies that came out that year that no one can actually hum yeah. the, uh, yeah. the music, mm-hmm. and it's um, so like I love I love the Avengers score. I thought it was so great. I I, yeah. I was so glad Alex Silvestri got actually an Oscar nod for our nomination for it finally. But there's a point. I I have to rack my brain to actually think of the other Marvel scores. Yeah, I can't think of Spider-Man or Thor or yeah, yeah. So and but you know, are they really memorable? I don't know. What we're missing in movies though has kind of transferred to television because one of the big scores that came out recently or into the past five or six years, maybe longer, was the Game of Thrones score. Yeah. And and it was it had that epic tone to it. it. I guess it just depends on if they're lazy or not. Really, I, I think <laughs> I also moved on to uh, to, to some extent also video games, just kind of newer medium where it, that had the budget for a moment. Where there's mm-hmm. a certain uh, Martin O'Donnell soundtrack that every man or boy has seen in a locker room or bathroom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after they played halo 2 you know <laughs> oh yes scores are are great when they're firing on all cylinders you know like i love yeah. the dark knight theme yeah but um the man of steel theme was instantly forgettable mm-hmm. um but that was kind of because 
I thought the movie. Yeah. Was <laughs> yeah. Wonder Woman's Wonder yeah. Woman's music. That was, was good. Part yeah. when she showed up in yeah. Man versus Batman with her theme music. Yeah. The theme music was the best part. She's got yeah. a good theme song. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I sorry, I, I I veered us off course there with, <laughs> with theme music. Um, when I uh, it made me think of something else and I've forgotten it. Darn it! I think Darn what, it. But but how many of these soundtracks have you bought? Right. I remember buying the Lord of the Rings soundtracks, but I don't think I've bought anything sci-fi. I will admit that um, the Avengers portals music they played when you know at the end of Endgame when they all came out of the portals. I actually have it on my workout playlist. Yeah. <laughs> I love While it. While you're hulking out? Well, or I'm running away on the treadmill. And <laughs> away, so. yeah. Oh, that, yeah. has the, has the, wah, sound, has that died yet? Because I hope so. Because that, that was it, wah, <laughs> in everything. Effect, I think is what I used to call it. What do they call it? Well, I call it the inception effect. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. When yeah. when you when they show something briefly, <laughs> and then briefly, and then it goes, and then then they that and it rolls through the, the trailer. Yeah, yeah. You cut out. Can you do that again? Yeah. I think that I hope that sound has gone away. I'm gonna I'm gonna capture that from the video and make that your text tone. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I don't think it's disappeared, but it's inverted. So now I hear oh <laughs> Yeah, the cutaway. You know what I mean? out of yeah. ideas. I'm hearing that everywhere now. <laughs> you are correct. That's good. Okay. Listen for that. The uh, the new uh, I I've enjoyed Star Trek Discovery. Um their theme song. Doesn't grab me until it goes bum 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 It's like a dud song until they bring in mm-hmm. the Star Trek tune. The no- nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I feel like has has every is anybody else watching Discovery? No, I've been. It's on my list. I haven't got to it. So I'm not going to give any spoilers away. You know that that Captain Pike is in it. Right. Uh, yeah. Right? And and there is a they bring the Enterprise in for a little while because it's like. It is such a heavy fanboy, like spoon feeding everybody. Here's the <laughs> Enterprise. Here's Star Trek that you love. And yep. Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes the Enterprise. Open up. That, that's a second Warriors. Uh, yeah. The night. Warriors to the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they're it's such a it is a heavy heavy nod to to that and they i think to 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 placate people um who were thinking wasn't star trekky enough like i kind of thought thinking about um scores and everything in in our our topic of tonight uh fantasy and sci-fi on sunday we talked about uh a, a writer concept called the triangle of weird when you're establishing your world or telling a story uh, you have three elements. One of them can be really weird, but the other two have to ground the story. Okay. Up. So I think when you get to fantasy and sci-fi, which typically have some sort of alien setting or alien story, that that alien part is going, especially if it is a high a high fantasy or a or a um, 
extreme or loose sci-fi where there's going to be a lot of stuff that is outside of our uh, concept of reality. The, there's going to be some things where it's so weird your brain doesn't know how to wrap around it, but the score really helps to ground that situation or make it more real to you. Um, the uh, they your brain is more likely to process or memorize things when more senses are combined, and they don't have smell vision yet. Um, and the olfactory is the strongest memory sense, but audio falls closely behind that. So I think that's kind of the role plays is combining those two senses together to make it that much more impactful. I saw, have you ever watched a movie? I've watched a movie. I can't remember what movie it was. It's like. By all accounts, this should be a good movie. What is what's wrong with it? And then you realize there's no score. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just flat and dead. And yeah, dialogue's good, the story seems good, but for some reason it's just ah, you kind of well, need that. Now, mm-hmm. I do question though: can you have a uh, you can have a sci-fi show or a sci-fi movie that doesn't have an iconic score and it can be memorable? Like I can't remember Blade Runner. If Blade Runner had one or not, yeah. uh, but, um, I, I remember. Uh, Van Gogh uh, didn't. Yeah, I remember, I remember a lot of Blade, Blade Runner's music. Yeah, but uh, what about fantasy? Can you actually have fantasy without having that epic mm. score to it? That'd be very boring. Of, no. Yeah, I can't think of anything that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the animated Hobbits that was in a musical. Yeah. <laughs> Golly, please don't bring that up. <laughs> that, that, that is my wife's favorite movie. The Hobbit? The, yes, the cartoon. Yes. Oh, so bad. You don't like, you don't like Frodo of the Nine Fingers? No, f- Rory! <laughs> We've gone over this. You're, you're reclowning yourself. Stop talking. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to be bringing up the last unicorn. The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> the Hobbit. Is not the Lord of the Rings. Frodo is not in The Hobbit. The Hobbit <laughs> by Rankin Bass is pure gold. But you still had the sequel to The Hobbit, which we was Return of the King with Frodo of the Nine Fingers. That's Return of the King by Rankin Bass, yes, was to make up for Ralph Bakshi's mistake of making Lord of the Rings, <laughs> animated Lord of the Rings. Yes. Have, y- have y'all ever heard of Nostalgia Critic? No, no. he'll that take old, fantastic. He he takes old movies and he criticizes them. Well, he took the Lord of the Rings <laughs> movie, uh, and he kind of had Bashy as a as, like he was playing the character. His brother was playing the character, explaining why he did such crazy things on that show. If you get a chance, it's on YouTube. What's it called? Go check Nostalgia? out Nostalgic Critic. Okay, because that is one of the horrible movies that I force myself to watch once a year. I don't know <laughs> a whole bunch of them. And I, I had my kids watch it with me once and they're like halfway through the movie, they're like, what is this? What? I, <laughs> <it's going on." laughs> is that the one with uh, Leonard Nimoy? No, no, no. that's just, that's just. Yeah, Bilbo, yeah. What was it? Ubo Baggins, the greatest <laughs> little hobbit of them all. Um, Leonard Nimoy did his own music video. Oh, okay. It's totally oh, separate. Right. Yeah. About Bill? Yeah, have you never seen? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Kick boots. And it's so weird because it, it would predate, it predates the Rankin Bass movie. So it's just him singing about a book character. Like, it is so weird. And he's got girls that are dancing. And they're, yeah. 
it's all psychedelic (laughs) are we talking about something that's on the dark web (laughs) (laughs) it might be now Let's see. Let's see uncensored version. Lemon <laughs> Boy, Bilbo Baggins song. It is yeah. oh my goodness, amazing, amazing. So the 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 Rankin Bass Hobbit. It, yes, it is from my childhood, so I, I have this uh, attachment to it. But the soundtrack, yes, is very corny, very late seventies, uh, with the the warbly guitar voice. That, yeah, and it's it's <laughs> yes, but. Those are pretty much musicals. That one. Think, uh, wasn't John Hurt uh, Aragorn? Nimoy? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's... um. Uh, uh, I'm trying to... It was somebody that... John... Oh, gosh. He was in everything. He did a voice for... I'll th- okay, I'll think of it. Um, he was... His last movie was... Uh, when um, Orson Welles tried to make a comeback, The Other Side of the Wind. Did anybody see the documentary about that movie? No. Well, because Orson Welles, you know, peaked when he was like, what, 22 or something like that? <laughs> it was just... Well, that wasn't all our problems. Well, <laughs> I know. Well, but he he made Citizen Kane and, and, and the stuff he made before Citizen Kane, and then he was just... It was awful, and he, he gained like 900 pounds and all this sort of stuff. And he was unhirable, and he tried to make this comeback. John Houston, that's the voice of hey. Gandalf. John H- Angelica no. Houston's dad. Um, okay. No, John okay. Houston is in uh, this the other side of the wind or something like this, and it took forever to film. It was crazy. Um, he had re- no real script. Nobody knew what the plot was. Uh, there's a documentary about it on Netflix or Amazon or something like that. And uh, it 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 was horrible because and, and Orson Welles is is trying to promote the thing and people are asking him well what's it about and he's well he's got a cigar and he, he has no real answer for anybody uh, you got to read it to find out yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. it was Rosebud yeah. is really about yeah but John right. Hurt was uh, Aragorn. Okay. Uh the the uh mini skirt the ranger, yeah. Mini skirt Aragorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Brent, you've got to when when you get off the show tonight, don't go to bed. You gotta watch <laughs> in its entirety. <laughs> yeah. Because yes. I really want to sleep well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying you, you don't soothe yourself to sleep with the voice of Leonard Nimoy every night. <laughs> about Bilbo. I don't know, man. Some things weren't meant to be heard. Oh. It's a catchy song. Any yeah. any of William Shatner's songs? Oh, so good. I, I love them all. I have both albums. <laughs> Lucy in the sky. Oh, did you did, <laughs> did, did you see that Vin Diesel had put out a song earlier this year, and he's put out a second song now? Yes. Oh, so no, Vin Diesel is now watching the music career. <laughs> oh. I only buy it if it's Groot rap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I actually do need to exit the premise. I is that point it is the midpoint of our show 
uh viewers and listeners uh, i'm gonna let brent haley are you sticking around are you gonna bounce as well? um yeah i think i'm gonna bounce too okay. to think. What do I all want right to say? so i'll give you two the uh, opportunity to say good night and uh where folks can see your work and so forth haley why don't you go first yeah so um my, so you can follow me on Instagram at Haley Martin Art. Haley is H-A-L-E-Y. And then um, I do my own webcomic, which is called Heroic Shenanigans. It's at heroicshenanigans.com. But if you just Google it and spell it wrong, you'll probably still find it. It's kind of a mouthful. And that is a superhero comic. So that is something that I've like run into when um, posting it on other web, like webcomic hosting sites and they want you to put your genre and I'm like is it sci-fi or fantasy I don't know I think I ended up putting action but it hasn't been like as actiony as people probably would expect so I'm like I don't know one web, web <laughs> does actually have a superhero category Which so that's nice. slice of life right yeah there you go. <laughs> I'm like I don't I don't know like they have superpowers so is that sci-fi or is it like more magical <laughs> so one of those great unanswered questions, maybe. <laughs> you think they yeah. would have superhero as a genre, at least. Right. Yeah. We're going to continue the conversation. Sci-fi versus fantasy. We have talked a lot about sci-fi. We haven't uh, divined, doved into the fantasy world uh, very deeply. We all uh, kind of admitted f coming up with fantasy comic books wasn't super easy and i think elf quest was the first thing that came to mind and we all kind of stared at each other <laughs> trying to think of other fantasy comic books uh and i i have read a lot of fantasy novels so that's where my um the where the fantasy genre where i've spent the most time um and uh rory i know spends a lot of time with fantasy football so <laughs> there you go you keep pushing that huh? <laughs> i don't know why it's I not gonna that. happen <laughs> i am fantasy I am sports ball yep. i'm on a fantasy football team because they needed you know they needed a certain number of people and they told me please just open your email click auto assign. <laughs> so the first couple weeks i'm playing i don't and i'm not paying attention and they Someone said, "Scott, you gotta, you gotta check your team." I said, "I said I thought it was like said it and forget it." Minutes. They said, "No, no, no!" I, like you got people on the injured reserve, like so. I don't have like a quarterback right now. No, you don't. And you you have to go in and you have to hit the optimize button. Why would I? Wouldn't I always want the optimal? Why would I ever <laughs> want less than <laughs> optimal? So why have a button? Because that implies that my team is not optimal <laughs> and I have to hit the button. So I have not been participating in the fantasy football. And Good. I, so it's, it's if you have to go make those gut plays where, you know, you got, in, in theory, you got Chubb, who's a, who's a better running back, but, you know, maybe you got the Ravens going against the Bears and that's a better, that might be a better matchup. So you got the gut feeling that he's going to get a few more yards in. I, I have. I, I don't get, know how those statistics I work. Know, I don't know. And I can't pay wow. attention to I, I, have, I have a hard time following fantasy fencing. When I lived in Alaska, it was a different, 
it was a different uh, type of league where I had to assign all my players. And the time zone differences, I'd have to get up on Sunday morning and remember. Nope. Uh, (laughs) Kill it dead right there. Nope. Log in. I had to assign a quarterback, left back, right guard. Uh, I, I, I don't. I had to, and it was it was awful. It it made me really hate it. And I I will root for the Buffalo Bills and check the score sometime. Cleveland Browns, and Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. I will not root for the Cleveland Browns. You be quiet. That that that's that's the extent of my my sports balling. <laughs> and the and, Rust Belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I when the Saints make it to the Super Bowl, so I've I've watched one football game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> When I so 2000, Rory, when was well, you know, when was Deepwater 10? 10. So yeah. 2009, what, uh, 2000, oh gosh, when was Katrina 2005? Five. Yeah. Five or six, yeah. And so, why was I? I was in New Orleans, and it was the first time that they, oh no, that was the year. What year did they go to the Super Bowl? They went 2009. Uh, okay, I think it was 2009. Yeah, there was a there was a, a big there's a barge collision on the Mississippi River, and a bunch of oil was going down the river. And I they needed Scott Wakefield to come clean it up. So, <laughs> so I was in New Orleans for for a month, and they were going through the city on floats, and um, they the you know they do the beads thing. Mm-hmm. And uh what's that? The beads thing. <laughs> yeah. What, what, yes. Apparently beads thing. People, <laughs> apparently they wanted me to lift my shirt. I don't know why. Uh so They're, I was putting all the Soviet uniform. That's not picky <laughs> down in New Orleans. <laughs> NBC and Madden, uh, all these like beads that are like advertisement beads and and so I put all these on and I'm sweating like a pig because it's it's D- disgusting and hot and i sweat yeah, and i'm wearing like a pins. white <laughs> wearing a white shirt similar to what rory's wearing uh like that and i i start taking the beads off and i have sweat and all of the paint has come off the beads and i have this pink like <laughs> bib down the front of me like i like i'm a child that spilled kool-aid down the front of myself so that was that was my Those beads might have been laced with something <laughs> And uh, then I woke up. <laughs> Whoever was wearing them before probably saturated with alcohol. I felt <laughs> they were in they were in little packets. They were throwing them from oh, the float. Candy? Were they candy? And no, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That don't would know. make more sense. That would make that sense. That would make more sense. Yeah. I wish they were. I wish they were. No, they were. They all had NBC and like Madden and. Uh. They were like advertisement beads, which that's new to me. I don't know. Mm, yeah. I, <laughs> I, Welcome to the commercialization of Mardi Gras our topic for today. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're really reaching. I, I in 2009, I realized I never want to come back to New Orleans, and then in 2010, I went back to New Orleans <laughs> for two months. Uh, it's a lovely city. All of you that live in and around Louisiana and New Orleans, you are fine people. Hey, I, I went. The, I, I went there once, and I never left Bourbon Street. That's yeah and, <laughs> and that's, that's, see, that's sad because there's, for a lifetime. there's so much i wish i could see more than just besides bourbon street because bourbon street's where the tourists are yeah there you've got the bywater you've got you know all sorts of different areas uh franklin street and things like that where you actually get to the 
Congo Square, yeah. where it's the nitty gritty of what is New Orleans. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been there during the daytime. A lot of people don't go in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can go to the uh, the French market and stuff like that, it's it it has its culture. It has yeah. its problems, mm-hmm. or it used to. It's been a while since I've been down uh, casually, anyway. But uh, it it has its it has its it's it has such a, a vigorous culture that it itself yeah. has bled into every other genre. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's, you, every, every, every city has its culture and every city has its problems. If someone says a yeah. city doesn't have problems, they, they live in an ivory tower. Yeah. And the thing about New Orleans is it's such a melting pot. Yeah. Because of oh, yeah. Uh, it's, its history and it's, uh, you know, it used to be the shipping port for America and everything like mm-hmm. that. So. It's, yeah, the history side is is neat. It, it boggles my mind though. A city that's below sea level uh, is a is an odd odd thing. Well, uh, the Netherlands right. have been doing it for years, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to do. I went on a ghost tour, ghost tour, and saw. Like, we heard the whole story about when Nicholas Ke- Nicholas Nicholas King. Oh, oh, there it is. Oh, <laughs> oh the Sultan. Yeah, the 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 Lori mansion there. That's that like yeah, that iconic yeah. three story mansion that he probably had to sell when he sold all his castles and islands. Uh, <laughs> poor poor Nicholas Cage. There's Has a... Nicholas Cage been in any good? Oh, magician, sorcerer's apprentice. You said good, right? Uh... <laughs> I say recently he's been. He was in. He was in Mandy, which is uh, if anyone wants a, a movie about the. Uh, the weird drug cults that lived in uh, Eastern Oregon for a while. That's uh, that's a great. Uh, it's a slasher movie where the slasher is the good guy, and it's Nick Cage. It's Spirit Lake uh, uh, hunting down uh, some guys on an LSD trip. It's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better not be on when you watch it either. Yeah, it's and, and 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 the art direction. It's it's done. It's oh, it's like a Lynch movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just the yeah. direction that our yeah, the, I can see that. Uh, and then uh, Color Out of Space last year, which I need to watch, but apparently uh, yeah, that's on my list. But apparently, it's a really good spooker, very, very Lovecraftian, and I like uh, it. Yeah. I dig Lovecraft. That uh, Lovecraft is sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, John Martin uh, says he used to play fantasy football one couple years in a row, uh, <laughs> and he also says in terms of fantasy comics, uh, heavy yeah. metal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I was also going to say uh, something that's kind of fun. Uh, Lumberjanes, which if you ever want a comic ah. about a bunch of ladies in the woods uh, hunting vampires and monsters, it's great. Oh, that'd be cool. It's, okay. uh, it's kind of like a, a more, uh, I, I hate to say adult, because it's not adult really, a version of uh, Gravity Falls kind of. That, well, that's what that's what uh, Noel uh, Stevenson describes it as, is Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Gravity Falls. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny. It, there's a series coming soon, an yeah. animated series. Yeah. Of Lumberjanes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's I wish Gravity Falls is amazing. And they only yeah. there's two seasons of it, right? Just yeah. they did Oh my goodness. I my and my kids have watched it probably three times through. Uh because every time they have a friend over or one of them misses an episode, they all rewatch it. So Gravity Falls is hilarious. Rory, if you haven't seen it. I just put it on my list. Disney Plus, Gravity Falls. Yes. Yep. Oh my gosh, yes, please. It's one of those yeah. things where even not as a parent, I've enjoyed it. Oh yeah, it's, yes. yeah. It's you do not that. have to be a parent at all. Hilarious. And that, yeah, that, that, that's got the, the fantastical creatures in it. So that, yeah. that, that's relevant to our conversation tonight. Um, okay, best, uh, 
am I, if I talk about novels, are we too far off track for the rest of you? What do you have a fa- favorite fantasy novel? Um, I could be really basic and say uh, the Drist series oh, by Ari Salvatore. Yeah. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, I'm with you. I, oh, yes or no? I, I yes, dress to Orton. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, oh my gosh, the Dark Elf trilogy. That's one of those where someone says dress in everyone in the room just throws things up. The only thing the only thing with those stories, uh that's R. A. Salvatore, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um like thirty six books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After a while, his description of the fighting action is like uh, enough. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that he the blade glanced off the <laughs> hilt and he parried to the left, turning his foot a pivot to the right, and he ducked. And the an, uh, the fight scenes, yes, are incredible. Yeah, but after but a while, I think happened. so. I think also it's kind of one of those scenes where uh, it's like why well, you never want to read a uh, an a, a, a shooter book by someone who's a gun nut. Because well, yeah. they'll go yeah, to, right? they'll, I believe Ari Salvatore, he wasn't a fencer, but he was a fencing enthusiast. Yeah. So he, he knew how to describe like an actual like sword fight. And so it's the same reason why, you know, reading something like The Accountant, where it's like, okay, let's describe this 50 caliber anti material rifle right. uh, to the nuts and bolts. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I always wonder why. And if you, you remove the last pin. Right, <laughs> they're a top yeah. receiver is composed of. <laughs> what are they? Ice, icing death and twinkle or something like that. What are they called? Sparkle. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're really weird. Like, yeah, just strange names. And I never got why Glamdring was called the Foe Hammer as a sword. But uh, icing death and twinkle. <laughs> yes, icing death and tw- I pulled those out of yep. my butt. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think also, yeah. Uh, we're metaphorical. Uh, a lot of things back in the day described as hammers for not, even though they weren't hammers. <laughs> okay. Is it yeah. is it for the faux hammer though? Considering it's Tolkien, is there a? Uh, and I'm not that you know. I don't know all that much about Tolkien, but does does it play in a story earlier, like a Cimmerillion or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Okay, it's there. Uh, yes, a hammer, something to crush a foe. I get mm. it metaphorically. It's just yeah. it's kind of odd. Uh, he also picked Sauron and Saruman. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why. He, like, if I were an editor, I'd be like, hey. Can, <laughs> You're leading, you they're leading the point here. <laughs> right. <laughs> when they make this into a movie. <laughs> we, Let's we've, not hope it's a musical. Right. <laughs> we've discussed that, right, in the animated one, how they change change it briefly and calls it air look if and if you watch that video they'll tell you why because they they didn't think it would come through right it has something to do with the voice actor yeah if i remember correctly like the voice the first there's two voice actors and the first voice actor couldn't say it oh okay uh and he kept saying Aruman, Aruman, Aruman. Fine, just use Aruman. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, go watch it. He does nostalgia critic does a really extensive uh, okay. review of it. I'm I gonna I, it. I have to watch it. Okay. So uh, uh, uh that's uh, I was gonna say uh, uh fantasy, Game of Thrones, uh Nick Lodge Coaster Waldo, uh, very Danish. 
but they had to do the entire series with an English accent. So they were like, apparently had to have it's like an English voice coach with them most of the time. It's like, okay, here's how you like bring this you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that is an, that's a funny thing too. Is there any fantasy movie or show where they don't have British accents? Is there any series about Rome that's not all done by old British actors? Wait, hey, oh, Caesar. <laughs> I like uh, How to Train Your Dragon, how uh, all yeah. the old people are Scottish. Scottish. <laughs> the kids are American. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very clearly a kid from the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so, uh, Rory, you got, yes. you got a favorite fantasy uh, novel uh, written mm. word series uh well i'm only on the first book of terry goodkind's uh wizard wizard's first rule okay. which was recommended to me by steve miller mine not yours <laughs> who uh he's, he's very shy about posting things on the interwebs but he has texted me saying robert jordan's wheel of time oh series. my goodness oh yeah that's a religion <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> But He's yeah. very adamant that I need to read that. Yeah, I, I, that's also really, in terms of comics, working in a team, when they got picked up by Brandon Sanderson, because the ed- when Robert Jordan passed away, the editors were looking at the, was like his other editors, his writing partners at the time. But then they found Brandon Sanderson, who was this kid, who had somehow written fan fiction that had emulated uh, Jordan's tone so perfectly. They're like, all right, we're going to hire this kid. for. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That, that's who uh, finished the last book. Mm-hmm. So the the series that um, I have uh, loved, and I think I think I've missed a few in his in his his world. Uh, Raymond is it? I don't know if it's Feist or Feast. F E I S, not Faust. <laughs> uh, he wrote the. I think there's a, there's different Crondor series, and uh, his world is Crondor. Um, that's a fantasy name. Yeah, Crondor. Crondor. Um, and his Trondor. first, I think his first quartet of books, and now, and then they, they combine the first two was Magician's Nephew, or I'm sorry. Oh, Magician. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> what do you know? Hey, stop. I know that book. No, it's Magician. Up. Isn't it? So, yeah, it's Apprentice and Ma- Master. Anyways. And then uh, Silverthorn and the oh gosh, I'm I'm blanking on it. But his first quartet of books, uh, I really really loved, and I, I haven't reread them in twenty years, so I don't know if they uh, are as good as I remember them. But he's written his whole Crondor world. Uh, I I've enjoyed, and those books I read when I was pretty young, so they've, they've kind of and seared into my psyche along with like i said a lot of the dragon lance yeah. tsr oh yeah those are um yeah. uh the uh dragons of um series by tracy hickman um who i did not know was a man um and somebody else who does he write with oh, me. uh with with uh uh, the the cast of characters the 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 half elf and the the wizard brother and the fighter brother and uh 
anyways, those 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 books. So I've read I read a lot of fantasy novels. Uh, uh, it's uh, Tracy Hickman and Margaret Weiss. Margaret Weiss, thank you, thank yep. you. Yeah, I just found a uh, another one of those trilogies that I have not uh, read yet, and uh, managed to find all three at our local used bookshop. Oh, yeah i I found uh, the found them on Amazon or eBay. The, the the I don't know if it's the first printing about the covers that I had, mm. and it was it was like six bucks for the trilogy, and I bought them for my son. I was all yeah. I was all excited that he's gonna read the same books as me. He didn't he didn't quite get into them. But he he like he reads, but um, yeah, fan, fantasy novels. That's yeah. Witcher series is good too. Yeah, through that. I feel, the, uh, you know, Witcher. what am I? Yeah, what am my favorite? If I'm I'm not budding in, am I? Yes. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're talking about dress and everything. But have uh, I I haven't finished the second part, second half of the group. But it was a series book called the uh, War of the Spider Queen. I have not. Oh. Yes, oh. and it's it's edited by R. A. Salvatore, but yeah. it's written by uh, several different writers, hmm. and it it deals with Menzo Baranzin and uh, Lolf is now, which is the spider queen uh, god of yeah. the the dark elf, the trow, and uh, she's not answering anybody anymore, and the magic has now uh, ceased with with the uh, females, and they're trying to keep all the slaves, you know. From uprising, right. that doesn't happen. So, and then they try to kind of venture out later on to find out where Loth is, where why she's not answering anybody. Uh, so you're dealing with like Menzo Baranzin, uh, all the underdark stuff in there, and it's really good if you get a chance to read those because you're not really good. you don't have like a drist. Oh, he's a good drow, you know, in this horrible world of other bad drows. No, they're all bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, it's really interesting to have these this group of anti-heroes and trying to pick somebody out. And it's written so well because you're dealing with different uh, points of view sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's written so well that you, you identify with these characters, but you don't have to like them. Per se. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, you that's get a chance. Yeah. That, that's why uh, I really like um, the altered carbon series is uh, Takashi Kovacs is, <laughs> Yeah. He, he was UN Special Forces, but he became, he was a, a terrorist, was uh, put into brain jail for 200 years on terrorism charges. And then got then someone was just rich enough essentially to hire him up as personal security, and he's still just a, a terrible person. Yes. <laughs> but he's, you know, he just, you want him to succeed in some way because he's just so, uh, you understand enough of his motivation. Which is love. <laughs> What's my place in this world? It's so I, I looked it up. I uh, it is the the his first series Raymond Feist was the Rift War Saga. Mm. It was it was originally published? Um, you could uh, as magician apprentice and magician master, and then uh, Silverthorn and then a Darkness at Sethanon. So those came out in the eighties. Nice. So those are those are ancient. Nineteen eighty-two. Um. So I enjoyed those. Um, yeah, I couldn't get into reading. I don't know about uh, sci-fi books. They they didn't they didn't grab me. I read um, William Shatner wrote one. Mm. Um, Did he sing it? 
<laughs> Tech um, Wars. Yeah, it was. Uh, he wrote. He wrote a Star Trek. It was a. It was a Borg, and oh, okay. Kirk was in it somehow, and in his book he wrote that um, Viger was Borg. Viger from the motion picture Star Trek yeah. One. Um, so I don't know if I don't know if that book became canon. Um, right. And I, I, it it wasn't bad. Um, I can't think of any other. Yeah, uh, like Sphere. Um, I think the thing with a lot of sci-fi books is about the time when, like, the eighties is when a lot of fantasy books really blew up, and uh, that gave rise to the uh, painted vans with the wizards on the side. Uh, yeah, but there's still some of those rolling around down here. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Mary may not be looking to do so in, in the future. Maybe find one I can fit an electric motor in. <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, but before then, and shortly and around the same time, sci-fi uh, got into the really dense stuff. So that's where, at the time, a lot of people were recommending people read uh, Arthur C. Clarke and Rendezvous at Rama, or um, Philip K. Dick was getting published, but it hadn't quite blown up yet. But a lot of it was just the the hard science. Even Gene Roddenberry, for as much as he birthed, his stuff was still very dense. Uh, and I think it wasn't until about the '90s, going into or 2000s, when we got a lot of Pratchett, Roddenberry, um, and when Philip K. Dick's career uh, stuff really got pushed forward, that uh, people got more into the digestible science fiction that was. You could read it like a serial, like you would did with the Drist books and all that. Okay. Here's a question idea. Even the ancient Scandinavians had epics. Yeah. Like Beowulf, right? That seems very fantastical to us. You know, maybe not so to them. The Egyptians, the Romans, Greeks, they all had those fantastical stories that any of them project into the future sci-fi style like oh this is what it's going to be we're going to have rock homes 10 stories tall I, honestly i believe some south american cultures did have science fiction um in some way uh aliens yeah well the, the idea is that they had the well they had their calendar that went until 2012 the the, the minds did but i believe they actually had stories that were like projected to have happened at, at different points on the calendar up. So they talked about like um, the sixth and seventh sun and all this weird stuff. Um, hmm. we, also, we got Shadowrun out of, uh, actually. <laughs> so yes, uh, yeah, 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 the Mayans gave a Shadowrun. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Gentlemen, um, I don't want to wrap us up, I, uh, but I, I feel like we're we're losing a little steam here. Um, steam, we, steampunk, steampunk. Oh. Now we're oh. gonna talk about steampunk. Now some of my oh. favorite. <laughs> is that sci-fi? That is sci-fi. Sci- that is sci-fi. Look, yes. Yeah. The the series is by um, Scott Wakefield. No, it's uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? Scott. I heard it sucks. Scott. Oh. <laughs> There's another Scott. Let's no, a, uh, Wyland? Wayland? Wyland? Wayland Yutani. Nope. Uh, 
I can't remember. He's Wayland a young Jennings. adult writer. What Wyland he... sounds right. W Y L A N. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. There's another Scott that does steampunk stuff. Yeah, well, he. Only, I don't think he. We need to he, take care of him. He did this. <laughs> he did this trilogy, and uh, it was called uh, Leviathan. Yes, that and does sound familiar. Yeah, and it was it was set during World War One, and it says Franz uh, Franz Ferdinand had a son after he was mm. assassinated. And they basically are trying to after. hide his son. Yeah, after well, no, he didn't have. I mean, he had the son, but before, I thought that went without saying. Oh, sorry, proper English in here. I'm just okay. Look, I still have a problem with the bingo thing, but look. Uh, so they were trying to hide him, but World War One kind of you had one side, yeah, as far as British and everything, where they were Darwinists, but they could. Huh. They were using uh, Darwinism. They were using science to manipulate the animals to do certain things, like a frog that could record, or a, uh, and that they were the airships were actually made out of these like um, airships. Everyone loves airships. Yeah, well, these but these were animals. They were kind of like whales, not but they weren't whales. Oh they were, heck yeah! They, they were like Darwinistic guy whales, mutated yeah, <laughs> mutated whales or whatever the case is. And then, uh, but they're the, probably uh, terrified the whole time. <laughs> The Austrian, the Germans were uh, mechs. You know, they were. Oh kind of, yeah. So uh, uh, we, we had the Darwinists and the the. Me- it was it was believe it or not, that sounds stupid, but it, it was a really no, it awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Like it was this. a really awesome series. If you ever get a chance to uh, read it, Leviathan was the first book, Behemoth, and then Goliath. Scott, and I have a, a Prussian friend. Scott what, what Westerfield. West Westerfield. Now yeah. we really need to take him on. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, close. We'll uh, employ the the services of Baron von Gershke, the, <laughs> the friend of ours from way back in the day. Somebody will take care of him. Tim was already threatening somebody tonight. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we didn't have the the knockdown drag out that I expected, which is such I guess is okay. Uh, we and we we did not come to a consensus, which is better. Sci-fi or fantasy? Sci-fi fantasy is the best because you have armor forty thousand and your spaceships powered by literal demon juju, and you can't top that. Okay, um, so sci fantasy wins, and uh, all, all the points go there. And um, uh, Tim's sci fantasy space ball team, powered <laughs> mechs. Our spaceships, and uh, he will obliterate all of us. Rory, when you and I try to employ uh, coal to power ooh, our, ooh. <laughs> our steam-powered machine, get dirty. we can't com- compete with demons. No. Uh, and, and, and then we, we have Star Wars with, with space magic and um, magic crystals for laser beams. No crystals. sky whales. And sky whales. That's yeah, so, sky so whales. great. Sky whales. Do so they bring tonight, lightning too? To, to, tonight we've distilled it down to. <laughs> I'm sorry, I talked to y'all. Sky <laughs> whales, space magic. Oh, I love it. See, Michael, I love demon it. power. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> just made my week. You know just read the book and you'll know what I mean. <laughs> singing Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy wins. If, if, if Leonard Nimoy can narrate Sky Whales breathing oh light, my I, goodness. man, if I'm only, all in. If only, oh, oh, it's, it's gold. Oh, man. 
science was, fiction and fantasy and the yeah. ultimate reunion. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mashing it all together. Get in there. We'll make Find a, a better crossover, I dare we'll you. We'll make a story <laughs> out of you somehow. Uh, so, yes, the clear winner is sci-fantasy. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi versus fantasy equals sci-fantasy. And we can all agree that's what every story should be about. No more no more fantasy <laughs> or sci-fi. Make it sci-fantasy or don't make anything at all. Well, something, something for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> As always, make mine silver, silver line. Thank you for listening to the Silverline Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.